give up. Uh, we're lost and flossed and our salads are tossed. Welcome to Tuning Japanese, a podcast where three robots in their 30s talk about anime. First, he's Mr. Lobotomy, Andrew! <laughs> I'm on summer vacation, I don't brain well. <laughs> and he doesn't understand what's happening, but he's here anyway. It's Bill! Keep the booze flowing. And I've never heard a more apt description when these intros so far. <laughs> right? And I am an extreme bliss... I'm Josh. Oh. And Andrew, I'm so glad. Uh-huh. You know, you know why I'm in such extreme bliss? No, I don't. Did you get I'm late? I'm so glad you came to your senses. <laughs> uh-huh. And you didn't let her oh. stay. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. We totally understood. And she was busy this week. But yeah, I mean, definitely understood. Totally. Don't ever do that again. <laughs> yeah. That was uh, a huge listener response. There was. I'd like to apologize to the listeners. Very much for last week. I know it was insensitive. I know, I know it was, it was troubling. Um, but I, Josh is back. I'm sorry. Yeah, I apologize for this week. <laughs> yeah, what about the apology you were going to give to me? Uh, you have very spiky hair and cute little cheeks. Aw, I love you too, and of course you're forgiven. Ah! Alright, this week we've got episode 14. We are moving on. We are past the halfway point, folks. <gasps> episode thank 14. I thank God. We have right. hit, we have hit a, Milestone for a lot of reasons. We're going to talk about this episode. Today's episode is prop. We're going to get there. But first, let's talk a little banter. Uh, Josh, what do you got for us this week? Well, I came across an article recently. It made me laugh a little bit. Now, I'm not sure of the veracity of the statements, given the source. But I liked the concept behind it. Apparently, there has been a little bit of a... um, and I use air quotes saying this, controversy about Overwatch. And no, it's not about that controversy. The porn one? Yeah, no, it's not that. Did we talk about that last week? I do or two not, weeks ago? I do not know. I don't remember. Yeah. Okay. I don't have any interest in Overwatch. Yeah. Oh. But no, the, the the thing was, for the lead-up for Overwatch, there was a short film. So, originally, when they put on the two characters and Kanji separately, they are supposed to represent Dragon Head Snake Tail. That's separately. Mm-hmm. But when you put them together... The you co- get an amazing monster. <laughs> Like no. something out of Power Rangers. No, actually, you get anti-climax. Oh. Like Josh in- knows this because his batter hangs over his bed. <laughs> oh, so true. <laughs> but anyway, I'm not that knowledgeable of Japanese, and given the source <laughs> of this article, it's not the most accurate of information, but it does bring up a point that I'd like to kind of make mention. It's the um, anime fans here in the States have love to make fun of one aspect of the Japanese... When it comes to, let's say, having an anime set in the United States or mm-hmm. somewhere where they're speaking English and they see a word written badly in English, also known as English. Eng- yes. English. Very English. I know a lot of American anime fans love to point out the English problems and say, oh, how stupid the Japanese, they don't understand English. 
Yet we have a perfect example that an American company decided to put kanji characters together and it turned into something else that was unintended. That's interesting. Well, a perfect example of that before was a white girl with orange chickens tattooed across her ass crack. What? <laughs> I Mis- don't... Mistranslated tattoos. People get kanji. Uh, they don't know what it means. Yeah, and... yeah, yeah. I get you. Yeah, exactly. Or they ask for something and they just put something completely different, yeah. you know? Yes, that is that is pretty stupid, and too. It's like, this means faith. It's like, no, that, that means... means... Chicken good... balls. <laughs> Gizzards. <laughs> good time automotive. <laughs> I... Right. Four ninety nine. But, but... Ah. It's still, I, I think it's, it's funny to have a big oops like this on a big title here in the States when we try to act like, oh, well, we're perfect at, at translating our shit, doing translations and Clearly shit like we are. that. I bet there's already some douchebag with that banner tattooed on them who's like, oh, oh yeah. no! <laughs> yeah, more than likely. More than likely. Mm. Bill, you got any news? Uh, not especially, no. I saw Skinwalker Ranch. What is that? Do you want to explain that? What is that? It's a horror. It's a horror movie that's based on true events. <laughs> was it a like straight to DVD sort of thing? Yeah, I don't think it was supposed to be, but it, it eventually was. Like it on, just all of a sudden Netflix? there was a trailer, and then it was gone. Okay. No, uh, actually, I had, to, I had to buy it on PlayStation. Oh wow! But the, huh. the buy the movie was six bucks in high def. Oh okay. Okay. So it was, and the rent was like four. So like, what the fuck? You Might know? as well buy it. Right, yeah. yeah. Well, it no, wasn't could, great. Could have been <laughs> well. No, could have been worse. You could have bought Gem and the Holograms. I don't think anyone's that dumb. Uh, so, my news, I guess, this week. By the time this episode comes out, E3 will already have passed us by, and we'll already know the answers to some stuff. But I am very much looking forward to E3. I'm the kind of person that, as a video game fan, I really like watching the press conferences. I really like to see what games are coming out. I like to see what the three major Publishers. publishing companies right. come out with. Right. And E3 uh, can be a lot of fun. It and, can be. And then it can also dash your dreams. It can. And one of the things I'm looking forward to, even though... I think expectations are dampened uh, and, and lowered quite a bit this year, is what Nintendo's going to do. Nintendo is still my favorite of the three companies, always will be. Uh, and, you know, no lie, Nintendo has been in kind of a slump right now because of poor sales. There has there have not been a lot of really new inventive games coming out for their flagship system, the Wii U. Mm-hmm. Um, but... They've been kind of more focused on those Amiibos. That's true. That's been keeping them afloat yeah, right now. Yeah, it has, but it, it's kind of backfired. <laughs> Be- Amiibos are not selling as well as they used to. Oh, they, uh, they've kind of started to trail Amiibo, off. The Amiibo market is starting to crash. Oh, yeah. no! Yeah, so sell, sell, sell! A little bit. So, what they're Real actually going to Modern be, day Beanie Babies. Yeah, essentially. <laughs> uh, the thing that... Nintendo is going to focus their E3 on, which I've been looking forward to for so long, is the new Zelda game. Uh, the new Zelda game, which is going to be released for the Wii U, as well as potentially for the NX, which is going to be their new console, which I've heard some rumors they're not going to actually talk about at E3 this year. This game is supposed to be a big open world version of Zelda. So kind of like what we see in something like a Skyrim or something like a Dark Souls a game like that. Grand Theft Auto. Grand Theft Auto. Anything with a big open world, but it's going to be set in the Zelda universe. So I, I by the time this airs, you all will have seen a little bit more of it. But I, I expect, hopefully, a release date. And I expect I expect some like, really awesome, you know, hands-on people playing the game, the hey. C3. Hey. 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 Listen. <laughs> oh, God. I'm not a massive fan of Legend of Zelda, but considering the last Legend of Zelda game I played was Link to the Past. Oh, it's been a while then. Amazing game. Yeah. And I have followed up, at least on the lore a, mm-hmm. a bit. Um, there's actually, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen the uh, YouTube series that mm-hmm. was released that explained the actual chronology of the series. 
Ooh, I've seen got... I've seen some stuff on that. I I don't think I've seen that, but I've seen like a uh, website that breaks down all the games in a, in a timeline. It's really it's really good stuff. But to, to hear that they're going to go the open open world route, that's interesting. I'm also a little bit like uh, about it. Yeah, because Legend of Zelda has always been, for the most part, fairly linear. Princess. Yes and no, though, because if you go back to the very first Zelda, you could play that game in any order. True. You true. could go and you could go and you can literally go to any of the dungeons and get the Triforce and beat the stuff. It's more difficult if you go to the to later ones because you're not right. going to have a lot of the power ups. But it can be done. I've seen people do stream it, it and and mm-hmm. have played like through backwards or played through it like odd you know intervals. Okay, fair enough. Fair um, enough. But but yeah, I am definitely looking forward to this. I hope that this is the game that really puts Nintendo back on the map a bit. They've been f- kind of floundering ever since their release of. I mean, the last big releases they've had. Star been, Fox. Yeah, Star Fox. And before that, uh, Mario Kart 8 and Super Smash Brothers uh, were the two other really big ones. So I'm right. really hoping that this jump starts. And obviously they'll have the brand new Pokemon Sun and Moon to show off at this E3 as well. And it so. almost seems like those are the things that, that do... T- and I hate to say it. Phil is giving me the eyes. Like, the, two what things, the, fuck? the two things I seem to keep Nintendo afloat right now are Pokemon and Smash Brothers. And here's what I want to see at the Nintendo E3. Pokey I want Smash Brothers. No, I want okay. a brand new Mario game. I want I want a 3D Mario game, big immersive thing like Mario 64 or Mario Sunshine or Mario Galaxy. If they come out swinging with like a Mario Galaxy 3, I think they're gonna they're gonna get some big hype at E3. And hopefully, maybe it already happened. Future me will find out in a few weeks. So All right, there you go. Oh. oh. Bill is tired of this shit. Uh, he needs more drink. Uh, Bill's busting out the mead. Last time he busted out the mead was butt out youth. So this is not a good sign. Well, to be fair, the, that was not that long ago. That was like episode twelve or eleven. Uh, eleven, I think. Let's let's jump into the episode, shall we? All right. Well, well this is all the game that if you did something wrong, like throwing rocks down a, another level, and if you didn't do it right. Your, the one that was for the the Game, game Boy, Boy Color, yeah, game Boy uh, Color or game... Link's Awakening, yeah, and yeah. Then, like you couldn't beat the game if you wrong, yeah, yeah, I did that wrong, so Zelda can eat my ass about Bowie. <laughs> now, to be fair, you did really like that game. Well, excuse well, until then, yeah. me, Bill, <laughs> and, and, until I was completely and utterly stuck, yeah, yeah. because of poor game design. Fair enough. I Shit also played happens. the one on the one that came out with the Wii, Twilight Princess. Probably, yeah. I, yeah. Didn't, I didn't get very far in that either. That was, a, yeah, that, that I was. I remember that being really frustrating and, and gimmicky. And it was definitely a little gimmicky. Glitchy. A lot of platforming. I, yeah. Yeah, um, Wind Waker was really good. Yeah, that was the one for the GameCube. That was. They, they did a well, re release for Twilight the... Princess was also on the GameCube as well. No. Yes, yes it was. Yes. Yeah, it it was. was the first one to come out on GameCube. Then no, Wind it was Waker the. No, out. it was the last one to come out on GameCube. No, Wind Waker inf- was the last one to come out on GameCube. No. Yeah, it was. No. Yeah. Twilight Princess came out after Wind Waker, and it was the very last game to come out for the GameCube. The very last Nintendo-branded game. You can look it up. You're wrong. I, I am looking it up. Episode 14, folks, as Josh continues to talk over us. Uh, episode 14. <laughs> prop. And be wrong. And be wrong. Uh, episode 14 this week is Prop, and uh, it's my week to do the recap. Yeah, it's an episode. I'm glad this is your week. I, I, I enjoy this episode. There, there, there's a lot about it that I enjoy. Hey, we'll, we'll get there when we get to the end. Um, so, opening scene. Nabashin and the other anime directors, the staff at JC staff, are sitting in a room arguing about the fact that there really has been no real story. And I've got to ask, and I'm going to pose this question to Bill, because I know what his answer is going to be right away. 
Are they wrong? No, there's no story. He's <laughs> got a point. Yeah, what little story there is is mostly awful. Oh. Yeah, so they're they're arguing about this. And like any good anime directors or, or staff, they ignore the guy who's ranting about the fact that their show sucks. And they decide instead to eat some nice stew. Hot pot. Some hot pot. Yeah, yeah that's I, totally a I, hot I, pot. I, I kind of thought of that. I thought of you when I saw that, by the way. So I, here's, I love how the guy, when he realizes they're not paying attention, ponders and, sa- and basically says he wants the Great Wall, the macrocosm, to reset. Like, Yeah, the studio exec is starting to get a little loopy, I think. I think he's losing his grip on what's reality and what's like not. Like Bill! I don't know what's reality and what's not yeah, on this you know, show. You know, it does make the question, did he binge watch the series as well? Probably. Oh, probably. He probably had to go back and watch it all over and oh. make sure everything lined up. And Nob- Man, that job Nob- be- Nob- controls it. Nobushin goes into the show. Mm-hmm. Studio executive guy goes into the show. Yeah. Koshi Richto comes out of the show. Yeah, they're all nuts. A uh, speed of Koshi Richto. Koshi Richto appears out of nowhere, standing on the table, and Richto gives his permission and gives in to the demand to introduce a brand new character. <sighs> We're heading into some dangerous territory here, folks. This, t- this character, not so bad, but it's going to lead to something very, very awful. Ladies and gentlemen, get your leather jackets on, get your motorcycles ready, because we're about to jump a shark! Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, we get our intro, and we cut to Kabapu talking to a secretary who is in the car, and uh, he wants her to wait. Nope, he wants her to come along? Uh, I think he wants her to come along, and she's like, no, I think I can stay here. And we're going to find out why, I think. Yeah, this is yeah. not good. She's gonna, she feels very <laughs> uncomfortable, as we, I think, the three of us feel uncomfortable <sighs> yeah. about the introduction of... You know, they said we're going to introduce a new character. We're actually introduced to two new characters in this particular episode. Three, really. Yeah, yeah, spoilers. three, three. You're right, three three new yeah, characters. He does have a point, but we'll get to that. Yeah. Numbers aren't spoilers. Numbers are not spoilers. Uh, <laughs> so we get a shot of kids playing on a playground, Yay, and it's it's all it's cute and innocent, so right? And innocent. It is. That's they're they're playing really... in the sandbox. They're <sighs> they're sliding down a slide. It starts off so innocent. Uh, Bill, stop grinding your teeth. No, no, he gets two. And then uh, we yeah. cut away to this creepy ass motherfucker Shioji, uh, who yeah. is sitting on a park bench watching the kids. We get shots back. At, you know what? No, I'm not even going to explain any time in this episode when he's being overly creepy. All I'm going to say about Shioji is that this is wrong. This character is awful. Shio- and I feel a bit that Bill needs to get something off his chest here. Oh, wait, wait, wait before you go. Shioji, voiced by Spike Spencer. There. He's a no, shooter. I got... No, just... <laughs> Bill. It's the best way to put it. Bill, not on the mic, okay, man? Yeah, it was an expensive mic. You made me it, watch this stuff. It, I'm... I, you know... You know what, Andrew? You should have apologized in advance... To uh, be honest. Yeah, we knew what was coming. No, to be honest, when I... You forgot? I No, I blocked out Shioji in my back of my Holy head or something. Shit. Because when I was going back and I rewatched episode 14 for the first time for this podcast, I was like, who the fuck is this guy? And it took me halfway through the episode to go, oh my god, it's the Pederass. Yeah. It's, it's, it's uh, terrible. I, I, I think I remember the first time we watched that. We were both looking at each other going, is this really yeah, happening? No, it's, it's, it's gross. It was... It, Eight-year-old dude. Yeah. Kabapu introduces the pedophile Shioji. Uh, like I said, I'm going to skip over a lot of these uh, back-and-forth yeah. moments. Yeah, They're it's... supposed to be humorous. Like, he, like, pushing, like, you know, his hand in, in uh, Kabapu's face. To interrupt him while he... To interrupt he... him while he ogled the little kids. But I don't know. There's nothing funny about pedophilia. No, and... 
Uh, for those of you that may have read the manga or are wondering why this this character is in, in an anime series because you don't read manga, it does get later explained in the manga that Shioji is kind of a man-child and kind of Michael Jackson-esque. Yeah, that doesn't make it better. Just, that is just, like, not just, helping at all. Just, like, that's that, not just, an explanation. He just, just connects identifies with children, that he's not identifying I just with sleep children. with him in the same bed. I don't touch him. Um, so. Yeah, stuff who, like, wants, who wants to drink Jesus juice? <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so. Did you guys notice the really awful knockoff theme song for him that sounds like another one bites the dust going on in the background? What? No. A little I bit. It's like, dun, dun, dun. Like any time, like it's yeah, just really I, awful. When I was doing my binging, I was, I think I noticed that. Yeah, it's ve- very weird. Uh, Kabapu is trying to tell the sci- scientist, I guess we call him engineer, engineer, R- roboticist. maybe roboticist. I don't know, uh, genius, robo dude. Oh, oh, oh uh, I got it, I got it, eccentric genius. Yeah. Uh, so he's trying to tell Shioji that he needs this project finished. Yep. Um, whatever it may be, we'll find out what it is a little bit later. Finally, the perv says that he'll have it done by tomorrow. Yeah, Shioji is wrong yeah. and lazy. He's, he's pretty much... Kabupu has implied and even started. It's been months. Yeah, but he then, he, but just, then he goes on and says, yeah, you'll have it tomorrow. And it completely shocks Kabupu. He's like, what? So apparently... Kabupu sent Shioji a black box of some sort, okay. which I yeah. find really strange because later on in this episode, as we'll see, Excel and Hyatt get a black box well, as well. I wanted to, uh, to point out one thing, though. Remember the Snowed Under episode? Yes. Remember the item that Lord Il Palazzo gave, gave Excel, the Sonic Death Ray of Color? Yes. It was a black box. Could I don't know. Theoretically speaking, when Awada blew up that mountain and the avalanche happened, they found after the snow melted a mysterious black box. <sighs> Maybe, but the black box itself. Maybe it's the flight recorder from the Poochies. Oh, that's okay. another one. That's yeah, there, so was, there was the Poochies that crashed on Earth. <laughs> that's so terrible. Well, either way, either way, uh, you know, Shioji... Awada should got flushed out of the across headquarters after the whole alien thing. True. Either way, uh, Shioji goes crawling after the mom and the kid on all fours. So that's, that's, yeah. Yeah, especially when he goes, yeah. Back to across headquarters. Yes, yes. Hyatt is stretching out her Hail Il Palazzo bit really, really long. It goes on so long that the writers and producers and whoever and the JC staff are dead laying on the table as it's going on. And we cut back to the throne room. I want to see how long you can go. Yeah, no, I, was gonna, I was totally going to let him go. And she finishes her bit. Palazzo? Thank you. <laughs> and she dies. Hyatt's leaking more blood than usual. Yeah. You know, you notice with the... Uh, she sprung a leak. You notice with the producers, there were a lot of really weird things falling across the screen. I saw uh, a TV, an octopus, a flower with a face on it, some yeah, luggage. What yeah. the fuck was going on? They got worked, either they got worked to death and they got buried under their, under trash, or they were living in the office and that was all their possessions. That's not a bad theory, actually. Yeah, I'll give it to you. Uh, <laughs> I love Il Palazzo's line where he says, ah, it's as if that length speaks your loyalty to a cross. However, remember that all things are best done in moderation. 
Which he's saying as she's like wiping and vomiting blood all right. over the place. And you guys give me a hard he time. He got that one take. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I'm really good, aren't I? Excel is missing, though. And uh, we get a bit where it's quiet except for a strange background talking. And uh, they probably can't hear that. But it's interesting that uh, El Palazzo, for once... Yeah, that sounds like the cop from Shadow Rain. It does sound like... <laughs> and the reporter. It's weird. Yeah. Uh, so Il Palazzo, I find really interesting, before, as before Excel <laughs> yeah. does show up, he actually is upset that Excel's not there. Like, he legitimately is like, like, oh, I actually had something for us to do. Like, he was legitimately upset that she wasn't there. He was crestfallen. That's a good way of putting it. That his most spastic minion took Ritalin for the first time and probably slept. Maybe he just wants someone to shit on. Maybe. Maybe. He is German. Um, (laughs) Is he? I don't know. He He likes pulling ropes. He he probably likes a few other things. Uh, So, (laughs) we have to apologize to our German listeners for your porn. Um, So... (laughs) We, uh. The Dutch. The Dutch are more freaky deaky. I don't want to know. Excel does emerge and. Uh, I'm sorry, guys. Josh. It's like, it's like when Don Cheadle walked in as Rhodey in the second Iron Man film. That's right! We have an actor change up. I thought it was more like when Becky, the second Becky, showed up on Roseanne. It was kind of more Ooh, like that to me. I like the second Becky better. She's hotter. Uh, it's not the same. Right. Although I, it, although original it, Becky did come back, and they did a whole episode where was, she came back, and they kept doing the end joke. I love that They're joke. Like, well, everyone's was, acting like I, I just, you know, that I just got here. It's it great. It was great. Yeah, Good it's, episode. It's we'll great, we'll, we'll, we'll talk more about that on a Roseanne cast. Dan uh, dies at the end. Oh, spoilers. <laughs> Josh, we get a brand new voice actress for Excel. Uh, let's talk about that for a little All bit. Right. I mean, well, we've, we've, off, we've talked about it a little bit before. Yeah, first off, yes, we have now, doing the voice of Excel Excel, Larissa Walcott. And the reason why our favorite voice actress, Jessica Calvello, is no longer on the show was that during the production of Excel Saga... Her voice went under a lot of strain, and it became her vocal cords became damaged. I wonder why. I mean, maybe besides doing doing Excel voice, and yes, that that is a very intense character that she does. Your voice actors do more than one role at a at a time in a recording. She may have had multiple parts back in '99 for the series, and she put yes. herself under you know so much strain. She had to take a take but a back. Screaming seat. at 90 miles an hour could not have helped. It. No, I am I am not disagreeing with you there. Not at all. But good news. During some recent research about Jessica Calvello, it is good to know that she is actually still working. She is. She, uh, one of the most recent parts that she did, which I'm actually very happy about. I knew you would be. Was that she does the voice of Hange in Attack on Titan. Yes, and, and that, that is pretty cool. Yeah, one, one of the, one of the more beloved characters even, and given her ability as Excel, Playing the character of Hange, and we could always go into this if we uh, decide to do Attack on Titan, is a very similar character. Yeah, so. and uh, Bill, you will recognize one of her earliest roles, actually, was Mistress Celsia from Those Who Hunt Elves. I remember that. Yeah. I remember Those Who Hunt Elves. And, and, and if you really the think about it... The dog chick, right? Yeah, the dog, yeah. Yeah, okay. the dog elf. Okay. And yeah. when you really think about it and you listen to her voice, like it makes sense. Like It clicks. Like, oh yeah, that is the same voice actress. I haven't watched that since high school. So, uh, But it, it is wonderful... To at least know that this unfortunate incident, and it can happen to actors of of any caliber, it's great to know that she is still producing work and that, that it did not permanently affect her. So 
Jessica, if you're listening, we are very happy you are still doing this. Yeah, and you should check out her Facebook page, because she posts some, like, really weird shit, and I love it. Anywho, so we get a brand new voice for Excel. We've got Larissa Walcott. Who is not the same. No, and and we'll get get on that, either the post-episode breakdown or series breakdown, but... It's definitely not the We can same. talk about it right now. It's the first time we've seen it. I mean, it's true. Right. This is where I started my binge watch mm-hmm. to get it under the wire of Hulu. Yes. Right. And as I was watching and writing and drinking, <laughs> I half the time I had no idea who was talking because mm-hmm. it's just not the voice I was used to. Right. Mm-hmm. In hindsight, she's probably not that bad, but it was very jarring to me. Yeah. To have the voice changed. It was very mm-hmm. upsetting, even. It's a sudden uh, change of gears, and yeah, everyone's like... Ugh, uh, and, a, and a drastic one. And, and like I said, even when she speaks off camera or something, every single time I'm going, fuck is that? Yeah. Yeah, you your, your brain is trained so much. Yeah. Uh, you know, especially when I got the DVDs, I watched the first few episodes and the first few DVDs a lot back in the day right, before I right. finally got the later DVDs and later episodes. Yeah, so we, I was we kept... so ingrained in her character. Yeah. I do remember a fan just going, Hey, let's go watch these old episodes of Excel again. And we, yeah, I agree. I'm mm-hmm. right with you. It was, it was drilled into our minds. Calvello's performance was there. That was Excel. Yeah. The one thing I will give the new voice actress, what's her name again, Josh? Larissa Walcott. Uh, Miss Walcott's performance is that I can understand her better. Right. Uh, the enunciation, she's a little slower. I think there's speech. a little less of an accent. Josh keeps like saying he thinks there's a, a that, New Yorkie accent coming out. A little bit uh, from time to time. I don't know if that's I don't know if that's true or intentional or whatever, mm-hmm. but it might I think been. that no matter what it's supposed to be or what it is. I think that uh, the new Excel is maybe just a little less accented. Mm-hmm. I think so, too. I think it's more uh, vocal tone. And because one of the issues that I can say that I have with Cavello's performance and the speed to which she was speaking and why we couldn't hear it was also the music. Kind of, kind of on the same tone. And so, therefore, the music would sometimes drown out... Calvello's performance. Walcott has a slightly, I don't want to say deeper, but lower register than, than mm-hmm. Calvello. So when the hyperspastic music is going on during a hyperspastic monologue, I'm able to pick up a little bit more and not feel like the music is drowning out right, right. the words. So I think that it's probably, in, in, in any sense, it's a combination yeah. of, of, of these elements. Billy, you better pace yourself. We're still near the beginning of this Yeah, episode. we haven't even hit the break card. Not I'm at all. out of mead. I know. Uh, I'm sorry. sorry. Excel is heard off camera, and she pops up out of nowhere from <laughs> the trap door. Right. And if you listen closely, she is recapping, once again, the previous episode. Which and, is the shtick of Excel Saga. And how she got out of the situation that we all now know she got herself into at the end of the last episode. Which... Didn't, I don't remember her ever like going into the ocean, but apparently she got drowned in the ocean somehow. And as she put it, she was at the bottom of the food chain. Uh, and, <laughs> and due she and, used her, her homing sense. Yes, and due to the tides and her homing instincts, she arrives and is quickly sent back down the trapdoor once again. Because she was explained that that's why she shouldn't be counted as tardy. No, like but... A, like a high schooler trying desperately to... Say that they had perfect attendance. I know nothing about that. Uh, so the Poochus are brought in by El Palazzo in his conquest plan number 4226. And uh, the Poochus are carrying in a strange black box 
Coincidence? Maybe. Il Palazzo makes a strange statement. About about crushing their enemies. It's a a metaphor. And he, he says something like, this is a reminder to you. Hyatt, or something like that, which is really strange, because like, Hyatt does look concerned that here come a, a whole troop of Poochus, which she was once a prisoner, I guess? We never really understood fully what was she going was, on there. She was in their care. Yeah. She was a ward of their state. Maybe. So, the Poochus carry this thing in. The Great Will of the Macrocosm shows up for no reason in the middle of this, looking for Pedro. Right. Uh, Excel, they show a flash of Excel drowning. The Poochus dance around Hyatt. Oh, but we missed... <laughs> you, you missed... I me. don't know if she was... Oh, I... No, this was... I think she was squirting later. Oh. Right. Uh, but you did gloss over one of the moments that I like is, uh, while the Poochus are carrying in the box, one of them falls over and is crushed by the other Poochus, and he pops up, not showing the usual Golgol 13 face, but a face with a very pronounced gap tooth and a large nose. Looks kind of like Mike Tyson, actually. Maybe. I I, I beat Mike Tyson in Mike Tyson's punch-up. Poochu, Poochu, Poochu. <laughs> we got the Menchi! <gasps> Menchi! Menchi is rolling around in bed at home, and we get a Japanese writing that says, Peaceful slumber. Oh, it's so adorable. And we cut to... We cut to Kabapu and the scientist Shioji. Uh, well, not quite, I suppose. Kabapu is, is waiting on Shioji. Yeah, he's monologuing about how Shioji is late. And how he's always anally punctual. And that maybe he's... Um, <laughs> Shioji, the... Busts through bust. the wi- window. Yes. As, as Kabapu said, he was going to jump through the window at the last second. Whose review is this? Uh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Kabu calls his entrance out, and his mustache goes crazy. The plan has come together right on time, as per mm. usual. They ask, where is she? Who is she? We will find out. Oh, uh, oh, I assume she's wandering around the building somewhere. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, we get a scene with Shioji being slapped to death by a woman who charges in. Oh, by the way, I forgot to mention, I've been trying to cut out any moments of the pedophilia. Uh, she, he comes crashing in, carrying a small child. I'm very confused by this scene. I couldn't hear a lot of what was going on. Is that her mother? Yes. And if it is her mother, is her mother. why is she only really concerned? And I wrote down somewhere... About, can... about him taking her off in a chopper? Yes! Like, that seems, no to be the, sense. that seems to be the only thing, like, about the window in a helicopter. Not that he abducted this child. It makes no sense to me, that entire scene. Bill, do you want to chime we in about this? We don't know what they said in Japan. That's true. Uh-huh. I don't know what the original translation was. That's true. Well, while Maybe she was asking for an ex- expo- explanation, he does babble something about being a scientist and no one can understand why, why he does things, and she's like, that doesn't explain anything. Right. While she's slapping the shit out of Just, him. no. Just, can, can she actually have a knife and stab the shit out of him instead of slap? I don't know, but we cut to Ropen Matsu, um, <sighs> oh, who but, introduces but, herself to Awada and the other co-workers. And I, I, I will call it right now, this episode is not great in my opinion, but Awada makes this epi- like everything great about this he, he episode. He makes it bearable for you. He does. Awada has the best moments in this episode. <laughs> this is a great Awada episode. And look, it's an attractive woman. Yeah. And Awada runs into her. Guess what happens? Bill, Gee. Bill, guess what happens? I mean, but you'll never guess or care. 
I wouldn't care. All <laughs> oh, right, Bill doesn't care. Andrew, yeah. circle, guess, guess circle takes the square. Yes. Bill, uh, Andrew, guess what happens? Guess uh, what happens? Does he fall in love with her, Josh? Ding, ding, ding! He falls in love with her. He Yay. looks at her tits. Yeah, he does. Actually, that's actually a really funny shot of like just looking at her tits. Oh, I think we get the same like sound effect as we got when we first were introduced to Matsuya. Matsuya. Yeah, it's very much like. Uh, so Iwata <laughs> talks a big game, but Robin Matsu is already absorbing books and finding errors in his work. Uh, we get a nice little animated scene where he's crunching the numbers, and I love that there's a Casuo calculator. Whoa. I love I love that brand there. Yeah. It's like a Casio, like a yeah. watch. It's like, you know, Casuo. Yeah. Uh, their, uh, their spokesman is Joey Lawrence. <laughs> wow, that takes a, a bit to get there. Buy a Casuo. Whoa! Whoa. Cal- calculator. Tree of Joey Lawrence. Whoa! But uh, uh, I love, I lo- yeah, I love, and I love how Awada uh, explains that they mainly do boring work like organizing incomprehensible documents and pulling weeds in public parks. Now, the first time I heard it, I thought he said pulling weeds in the dark. I don't know what is that a masturbation joke? No. Um, <laughs> so I, what I don't like about that is that's an absolute lie. They're constantly fighting crime and poochus and shooting like high tech guns and fighting aliens and and going on detective cases you know they 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 don't do a whole lot of that i mean really behind the scenes i guess Iwata is dramatically torn up by this miscalculation oh. and then Ropen Matsu jumps in asking about Iwata's earlier comment about marriage mm-hmm. and i love this is probably the best scene in the whole episode <laughs> Iwata takes a jab literal and physical with the animated red arrow into the back of Watanabe about how marriage is a lifestyle not suited for a guy like him. Of course, Watanabe gets super pissed off about this, and probably my favorite line of the episode. Sounds like a pre-production meeting between Bill and I. Basically. Because <laughs> uh, if- I said marriage isn't suited for you? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it is suited for me. What do you, what do you think, you asshole? I you don't want to buy saying- another... Oh, I don't want to run another tux. So Iwata says, as Watanabe is pissed off, he says, That was a compliment, you lone wolf, you! I just love it because you get this adorable eyes on Iwata. It's just so... Go back and watch that moment from the episode. Creepy eyes. It was great. They're so amazing. So amazing. And then we get another oh, reference to cast. A, we get a, where we, Andrew just talks about Iwata I, all the time. I used to love Watanabe more, but I'm starting to like Iwata a lot. So... Yay! We, we get another reference to that phrase that we're not allowed to say. Um, <laughs> it's about a particular animal who lives in a yard. And, uh, Awada... A dog? Yes. Awada takes them all out to lunch at a restaurant. Whereas (laughs) the most bizarre sign is this giant, like, fucking steer. Lunch show at 12. No, it says, says, all you can eat, lunchtime, 1400 hours, cow Cow dismembering dismembering show. show. What the fuck? (laughs) You know what? I think that... Josh, Josh, you are the expert of Japan. Yes. Is this a common thing? Do they watch cows get dismembered right there and then cooked? It's uh, it's actually considered a delicacy. Only the most high end of customers and government employees get to see the cow dismembering. You're cow sashimi. Of, you're full of shit, aren't you? So what happens next? They go on the elevator, don't they? Yeah. So Iwata makes fun of Sumiyoshi's weight because they they're at the weight limit. Yes, Iwata is such a dick. He's yes! funny, but he's such a dick in this episode. <laughs> he treats Sumiyoshi like garbage throughout this entire thing. I can't um, really hear Sumiyoshi when he when he's not reading the text. So. True. Sumiyoshi gets some jabs into him as well. He, he does. And Matsuya... Actually, both... They, Sumiyoshi and Matsuya both are getting, you know... Yeah. They're, they're the straight men. They are in this particular episode. Yes. And Matsuya makes reference to Ropamatsu's weight. 
and kind of makes kind of kind of previews like, hey, there's something wrong with her. Weight limit was. Yeah, she's not being catty. She's she's just she, being like something is not right about this yeah, cause, woman because it's only Awada and Robomatsu, and they're already at the weight limit, which is. 600 kilos at a capacity of nine people. The, the yeah. gimmick there that I love is that Sumiyoshi keeps asking Matsuya, <laughs> does this bother you? Not at all. Poor schmuck. And he's I, all like, savage. Yeah. It's either savage or Poor she's schmuck. not understanding it. I don't know if she's understanding it. No, I think it. she just gives no shit. Really? She doesn't get, I, yeah. Because there are a few moments where I'm watching that, I'm like, I don't think she's getting what Sumiyoshi is getting at here. No, I, I, no, I, I took no, the other way around. Sumiyoshi's yeah. like, Aren't you jealous he's giving another woman attention? And she's like, I give no fucks. <laughs> it is because, because like, well, because nope. she knows that in the end he will come back to her. It's true. No, she just but, does like, not like, care. Like a loyal bitch. We cut to Excel and Hyatt running errands for some reason. <laughs> and we get an adorable song by Excel uh, talking about running errands. Running I love, errands, yes. I love about, about, Excel song. Isn't the running the uh, errand actually placing the bomb? Yeah, but they make it seem so cute. <laughs> yeah. They make it seem so adorable. That Excel is completely naive and stupid. That's true, too. So, she doesn't know how she got back from the ocean this time around, but we get a quick flashback of Nabashin giving her mouth-to-mouth in a and very was, creepy way. And that, that I love the line. I, I enjoy the line, I should say. Oh, it's one of my favorites, too. Oh, first first time he said favorite line. Um, Second, actually. Maybe third. That this uh, that memory was far too deep and French. Yeah, too deep and too French for Excel. I love yes. that line. It's a great line. <laughs> uh, Hyatt points out to that Excel is carelessly spinning the package around on her finger, <laughs> right. and says, "Maybe we shouldn't do that. <laughs> Maybe we have to deliver that." I think Hyatt's smart. I think she realizes at this point the last time El Palazzo gave us a box like that, it was a bomb. No, 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 it was a death. No, no, not the shopping mall. Oh no! Il Palazzo didn't give that to them. No, that was that no, stranger that, that gave him. Yeah, bomb. the uh, the the last time Il Palazzo gave him a package, it was a death ray. True, but either way, I think she's smart enough to realize maybe you shouldn't be spinning that on your finger. Well, in general, if your boss gives you something to deliver, you don't want to spin it and throw it through the air. True. Yes. True. Very true. We yeah. cut to a travel montage, which is absolutely pointless. Hyatt then Miller. realizes that. Yeah, Hyatt then realizes um we aren't going in the right direction. It's an annoying scene. I hate it. But it does cut to them in an alley, and I love this line as this well. Is, this is probably my favorite line. Well, we're lost, unflossed, and our salads are tossed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Hyatt wanders off sick, and Excel wonders what uh, what's going on with Menchie, who is enjoying being alone in extreme bliss. Extreme bliss. Excel then notices after a while that the box is covered in blood all of a sudden. Uh, and realizes that Hyatt has run off to die. So she leaves the package and runs off to find Hyatt. Yes. Where we uh, we, we go back to our... Civil servants! Yay! Civil servants! <gasps> Iwata oh doesn't God. realize yet that Ropenmatsu ate nothing at dinner. Does not does not get that she's a robot. He does. He said that you ate like a bird. Yeah. yeah. No, but, no, but, but then... but the, then They Watanabe, point out that she ate nothing. Yeah, Watanabe and jumps in and says, yeah, no, she ate nothing. <laughs> Which he goes, well, that'll be great on the family finances. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great line. It's a great Aww. line. Uh, Watanabe notices Hyatt and runs off to make sure she's okay. We get a romantic moment that is ruined by Excel, who comes rushing up, grabs Hyatt, launches Watanabe, Watanabe and cars and other people on the sidewalk. So as Excel is running off, Hyatt, <laughs> with Hyatt on her back, she says, I feel something creeping down my back. It's seeping through. It's seeping through. Oh, uh, good line. Good she line. calls. Not white. What's that? She should stop wearing white. She should stop wearing white. She calls it the great will of the macrocosm. 
but she's too busy crying over Pedro. This is where he learns she's a squirter. Yes. <laughs> That's so disgusting. And she's riding in the sand in a literal... Stock footage. Stock footage. Stock footage. Uh, Mr. P. And it gets washed away by the waves. It does get washed away. And she decides that on some sort of action, it flies off over the ocean. Calling yeah. for Mr. P. Yeah. So Iwata is bragging to Ropen Matsu and mistakes her docile programming and amiability for actually caring. She doesn't, though. She's just kind of like, I don't understand what you're talking about <laughs> at all, which is great. Uh, an odd man in the background, which you identified, actually, as it, someone from earlier on, the, right. the JC staff. Right, the uh, studio exec. Uh, good. I'm glad you figured that out, because I was confused as shit. Literal, this is the studio literally inserting themselves into the plot. Yeah, saying, huh, they make a good pair, which I'm like, what? Uh, so Sumiyoshi and Matsuya are also watching from afar, and, again, we get to Bill's comment. He's like, are you bothered by this? And she's like, nope. nope. Uh, <laughs> Iwata, Iwata's hair then turns into a weird arrow <laughs> for, for some right fucking here. reason. He, he, he overhears here. people talking about a bloody box in an alleyway. So he's like, huh. And we get this odd face where his face is blanked out, and we get kanji that says spectator? Yep. What? Because he's assuming the role of an idiotic spectator. Instead of, you know, doing his job. What? You know, because there's a mysterious box with blood all over it, and he's a but civil suit. Some of that kanji looks like a smiley face. I like I like <laughs> Bill's explanation. Right. Uh, yet, we get yet another bit with the doctors, which is great. <laughs> I, love, I like that they the brought. I love like they brought him back. Like they just walk in the door and start screaming. Black because... comedy bits and, and another good line. Oh, Hachan, why do you always have to cross that river before coming back? It's beyond <laughs> me. It's great because obviously she's back. She is. And she gave some cups. Yeah, she, she was, was she was perky. rather perky there. She was very busty in that scene. No longer she no longer showing off Rachel Ray, more Anna Nicole Smith. Right. Ugh. So uh bl- there's a black box, as we know, covered in blood, and there's a bunch of spectators surrounding now going, Oh, what's that? A some sort of weird wing earpiece thing comes from behind her ear. She's got like this little loop of metal on the back of her head you see sometimes. Yeah. And the headband as well. I'm thinking maybe some sort of, uh, like an antenna. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I was antenna for like a Bluetooth headset. Yeah, yeah. Th- there we go. Not Bluetooth, but... And no, she, I think that's close enough. I mean, she Bluetooth overhears, she overhears, like, uh, a conversation between Kabapu and the secretary, which I don't think she's supposed to hear. <laughs> um, she's like, she's like eavesdropping on them. Well, she was radioing them in, and I think, uh, yeah. was, um... Commenting, commentating on Kabapu's um, desire to get in there <laughs> instead of doing the right thing, like calling the authorities right. and clearing the area. That sounds like Kabapu. Yeah, Ka- Kabapu's a man of action. She tells Iwata, I need you to stay really calm, but there is an explosive device in that box. <laughs> to which Iwata freaks the fuck out, screams, points, and shouts, There's a bomb in there?! And, of course, that freaks out the entire crowd. Love it. That was a good bit. I like that bit a lot. Yes. Twitch Matsuya boots the shit out of Iwata. Yeah, of at least, course. At least that hasn't changed. Uh, Robomazu tries to get... the bitch. It's true. Robomazu tries to get everyone to leave. Iwata doesn't want her to go, though. He wants Sumiyoshi to go instead. Yes. Dick. Because right. Sumiyoshi is hopeless, he what says. What a fucking dick. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Kabu shows up in complete Rocky Balboa attire. <laughs> And uh, he's punching hey, the air, hey, ready to go. Did you guys ever see Rocky? <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> oh, my God. So, <laughs> are we talking about the mask movie again? <laughs> so, <laughs> God damn it. There's two Rocky references in a row. Oh, my God. He shows up, and Robomatsu scans the box. Yep. 
But Wada doesn't seem to still realize she's a robot, even <laughs> though she, like, does this weird thing with her hand and starts cutting open the she, box. She produces an energy blade. <laughs> yeah, an great. energy blade from her fingertips. No human being can do that. No, yeah. He's still, he's still oblivious. He still doesn't care. It could, it could be complete... key powers. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe, maybe she's a monk. Um, Magic so, glove. Yeah, that maybe. I don't understand why she lays her jacket over it. So uh, just so we can get a shot of her boobs again. Um, no, well, yeah, she that, she, she deactivated an optical sensor. No, she didn't. She, she laid it on there. She cut it open and then did she, some things, and then said she deactivated the optical sensor. So yeah, that's why she threw the coat over it. Yes, it was an excuse to show her boobs, but yeah, the, it was a boob the, shot. The, but no, that's the logic behind it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but. If it's an optical sensor, it would see cloth covering it. Okay, do, I, do, I, do I look like a bomb expert? No, I said that was the logic behind it. Do you know who is a bomb expert? The reason behind it is to show her boom. Do you know who has a bomb expert? Boom booms. Ropenmatsu. Yes! Ropenmatsu goes to town on that fucking bomb. And she keeps telling Kabapu over the phone what she's deactivating, and Kabapu's taking it like it's... Phone? Sexual Phones? experience. Yeah, he's he's get like, into it. He yeah, really it's very fun. It's like, um, do you know? Who? She does have a sexy voice. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not gonna lie. Did I mention? No. Also about voices that. No, Matsu you did not. Is... How could we have gotten through a whole episode no, without y- it? Yes, yes, you did. No, no. <laughs> Ropan Ropan Matsu is voiced by Kelly Cousins. Ah, go Kelly. Oh, my cousin Kelly. Now my absolute favorite. That's line. not the first time Josh talked about cousins with a sexy voice. Oh, okay. I, I, I take it back. My absolute. I don't know. I don't <laughs> you're from. It. You're the one from the south. <laughs> you're from, you're from No one who listens to this that doesn't live in the Quad Cities knows what that means. And also, I grew up in East Moline, and you know that. No, no, no. If he was from Kelowna, that would make him racist. I take it back earlier. My favorite line is this line, where Iwata is screaming with childlike glee. It's just oh. great. He says, I don't understand what's happening, but go Robomatsu! Yay! <laughs> it's so awesome. This is like, Iwata is saving this episode. So she disarms the bomb. A series of things come out, <laughs> like an old school mouse, a computer fan, a, a seven- Celeron 750 processor, a power buff girl. Blossom, even. Yeah, a yeah. syringe. What the fuck? Like, what the fuck? Man, El Palazzo really knows how to build a bomb. He does. Uh, Kabupu, or he doesn't. <laughs> Kabupu counts down, and we get a naked romantic scene with a floating Iwata and Ropen Matsu with sparkles. Uh, they're poolside. She mentions her circuits. He still doesn't get this. Uh, in his uh, own brain. In his own brain. he's He hears her say he, these things, and he still doesn't yeah, get it. Yeah, talking like a robot. And Cause, yeah, because she, she talks about her circus, and he's like, yeah, mine too! <laughs> he just he doesn't get it. And another, denial. another good line, where, he, where she says, Senior, will you please register me? Put me away in a private folder and lock me away with a password just for us. Fucking weird. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking weird. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, yeah. And then she blows the fuck up. We're back at Across at the headquarters. Right. And Il Palazzo says, Excel, tell me why things went wrong. And Excel tries to come up with a, an excuse, but is sent down the trapdoor yeah, once again. I think she was trying to do from a certain point of view type of argument. Doesn't and, and matter. It gets, gets dropped. Doesn't matter. She didn't get very, she didn't get more than like five words in. Doesn't matter because the most important thing happens. We cut back to Menchie. Menchie. And we get our third adorable Menchie moment where he's feeling pleasure. 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 You said he. Yes. Where she I have to is say though pleasure. I have to say though, this episode we see Il Palazzo go from everyday villainy to cartoonish supervillainy with the bomb. Yeah. He kinda goes back and forth. Are you saying terrorism is cartoonish? 
Josh, newest member of ISIS. (laughs) 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 Careful. Careful. The government is listening. Uh, Iwata is in mourning. No, they tuned out like the first 20 minutes. Welcome, NSA agents. Iwata, Hope you like anime, because I don't. Uh, Wada is in mourning oh, yes. about Ropenmatsu's he's, he's death. He's broken up about it. Uh, he is completely in black. He's carrying a black and white photo that's shrouded in black. Mm-hmm. He's just yeah, he's the, in the, mourning. The, yeah, he is. Um, but the others are seem to be okay and They're confused. Shocked. Because standing behind them is Ropenmatsu. But here's my problem. Why do they think that that's Ropenmatsu when obviously it looks absolutely nothing like Ropenmatsu? Looks like a lollipop. Built by a petter ass. Well, <laughs> wait till episode fifteen. Makes sense now. My thought process is: I mean, mm-hmm. it's anime. Nobody's features are defined that well. True. Perhaps she has the same face. But she's—they don't see her face at first. She's turned backwards when they notice her, yeah, yeah. and she's got two a cord feet shorter. Out of her head. She's got spiky pink and purple hair. And she's annoying as fuck! I wondered why you were so <laughs> down on me meeting Robin Matsu when yeah, I, I said that a few a few episodes ago, and I was like, so, oh, she's not that bad. She's just a robot that doesn't really do anything. I, I and actually, then you got to the end of the episode. Yeah, and I was like, yeah. Oh, I like Robin Matsu 1. I like Robin Matsu 1's oh, character a lot. Oh, Robomatsu, that's right. Robomatsu number 2 is voiced by Kira Vincent Davis. <sighs> yeah, I'm not going to call her out on, on the next episode. Let's 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 call her out now. Yeah. But, so, episode 14. Yeah. What? All right. That was that was it. We get our uh, today's experiment failed. Uh, we get a weird scene at the end with the producer saying, that sucks, and the building falls apart, whatever. And yeah. then uh, our preview for episode 15. And we hear, well, we also hear the, the animators and Watanabe uh, laughing yeah. at the at the uh, execs' dismay. Yeah. So, uh, episode done. Yes. Josh, we're going to start with you for once. All right. Uh, what, do you, what do you think of the episode? I actually very much enjoy this episode. It's not in the top five, but for what it is trying to accomplish, it is hilarious. And it's simple. It's, we need a new character to bring up our viewership. And we've seen this trope done so many times. Oh, yeah. Brady Bunch, Full House did it. Oh, yeah. With yep, the yep, uh, yep. addition of the boyfriend. It never works. And what's so funny about the episode is it's obvious that there's a lot of filler. There's a lot of, once again, nonsensical stuff going on, a lot of side stuff going on that just seems to fill time, and it's to build up the reveal of our brand new fabulous character who actually has no personality whatsoever, mm-hmm. is bland, is dry, is uninteresting, outside of, you know, being pretty. You know, when you put it that way, it does make some sense. Right. It it's does. It's completely jabbing this whole motif, and it makes fun of the fact that sometimes the studio gets involved. And that they have their execs get into the production and tell people what to do. And Fox, stop doing that shit with comic book movies! Huh. Fucking Fantastic Four, assholes. Hey, Josh. What? Firefly. <laughs> hey, Bill. What? Do you know how to how a uh, Reaver cleans his uh, spears? Ah, uh, he puts it through the wash. <laughs> so, uh... But yes, I, but in the end, it's... I don't know that many either. But in the end, it is, in my opinion, it's, it's actually a lot better episode than when you first look at it. Yeah, I remember when I first saw it, I'm like, meh, I don't like it. It's got some funny moments, but going back to it, for one, Excel Saga is meant to parodying all these tropes. Mm-hmm. They do a great job in parodying the trope. The episode is supposed to, is blatantly bad, 
Right. For right. that reason. Right. And unless like, unless you don't know why, and then yeah, and then, then it's just bad. Right. Bill, what'd you think? I mean, it sucked. <laughs> we all know it sucked. You know it sucked. It's not my favorite. It was startlingly short. It felt like. I mean, I it guess it was. I guess really it wasn't. Short. No, it wasn't. But it felt short. Like it was just like nothing happened. Mm-hmm. It was like riding a bullet train. Literally, was bringing in that character. And dead killing her. Yeah, and you know, we, we make fun of Excel for the lack of plot sometimes, but this one really nothing happens plot wise. Like nothing. Absolutely nothing is, is advanced except for the introduction of the character. Yeah, I was I was surprised it was over when it was. The new voice actress, like I said, it's jarring. I don't know that she's bad, but it certainly She's not bad. Having a having a change mm-hmm. is not good. We could always talk about uh, the differences between Calvello and Walcott's performances. Well, we the, did. To, well, we could we could go on about it till the cows come home. Not really. I don't have anything more to say. About I mean, it. it's it's also the fact that ADV was strapped for time. They had to have someone that was close to Calvello because. This was during, Andrew and I did discuss this beforehand, this this did come out during the big anime boom of the late 90s. Mm-hmm. So at that they point... They were pushing a lot of anime. And, and ADV was rife with bad decisions. Like Excel Saga. No. In a lot of ways, this was not the best decision, but it was also, considering what they were trying to do, it probably was the only decision. Right. My thoughts on the episode, I'm a little in the middle. I'm a little in the middle. Okay. I... Uh, I le- uh, uh. <laughs> I'm like he's a cream. Filling. I'm like the cream filling of this Oreo. Uh, so <laughs> I just thought we were rapping. <laughs> so uh, yes, rewatching the episode and putting this together and talking about it with you guys, I laughed quite a bit. Iwata was really, really funny in this episode. Right. Menchi had some really cute moments. Plot wise, as you said, not to rehash too much, nothing happened. Um, yes, it sets up a new character. Yes, I get the... Two new characters. Two new characters. Three new characters. Three new characters. Uh, yes, I get the understanding that this is a mockery of that particular style in media in general. However, it could have been better. It could have been better. Fair enough. I mean, if you really think about it, it's another plot where they're going to blow something up and they have to stop a bomb. How many times have we done this? Three. Three times. Yeah, plenty of times. So, overall, definitely not my top five. I wouldn't put it at the very bottom of my list, but it's not... It's it's middle. It's middle road. It, it's, yeah, and it's... If anything, Shioji freaks me out so much in this that it puts it even below the middle a little bit. Yeah, and the character of Shioji is very off-putting. I would like to say that this is the only time we see the character, but he... No, he's there a lot. He is. I feel like this might be the most we see in a single episode in some ways. Like, I, like the overly blatant, like, him staring know. at children. No, no episode 26, he makes a very well, blatant statement. Again, 26 doesn't really count. Fair right, enough, fair right. Enough. But, no, I mean, he's got, like, a kid in his oh, the, lab. The, the, yeah. Not, spoiler, but... Yeah, he's no, got the kids worse. In the lab. There's worse he's stuff. Got, he's got he's got a child chauffeur in the next oh, episode. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. It, yeah, those are the only two that stick out, and I really wish they didn't stick out. Right. Yeah. So that was Excel Saga episode fourteen prop. Next week we've got another episode of Excel Saga. We're moving on to episode fifteen more prop memorial, uh, which <laughs> again. We are going to be introduced to Ropenmatsu 2 a little bit more formally. Yeah. And it's an odd one. It's, it's an odd episode. It's Bill's Week. Fuck. Yeah. Sorry, man. Good thing you already got those reviews done. At least now all you got to do is drink until next week. Yes. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, so, Josh, check us out. All right. Once again, this was Tuning Japanese. 
where three robots in their 30s robots review anime. Ribbit. <laughs> he still doesn't he still doesn't understand what's been happening, but he's here anyway. It's Bill. Freedom is the right of all sentient beings. <laughs> he's Mr. Lobotomy, Andrew. <laughs> uh, bite my shiny metal ass. <laughs> and I am in extreme bliss. I am Josh. Beep boop beep. Technically, I'm the one with a metal ass. Ha! <laughs> it's such real. <laughs> Later, folks. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Tuning Japanese. To find out more about the show, visit tuningjapanese.com. We're also on Facebook at facebook.com slash tuningjapanese, on Twitter at tuningjapanese, and Tumblr at tuningjapanese.tumblr.com. You can also send us any questions, suggestions, or feedback by emailing the show at tuningjapanese at gmail.com. Be sure to also leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. Tuning Japanese is a part of the Questionable Endeavor Media Network. Visit questnnetwork.com for more information on our other podcasts in this network, including the Shadow Bay Podcast, Rundown Wrestling Podcast, Raw Attitude Podcast, and the Geek and Gamer Guild. Yes, good. Vibration sensor deactivated. That's the way to do it. Wow, she's good! She's so fast. Commencing analysis and removal of timer and triggering device. You have exactly 30 seconds left. I don't understand what's happening, but go, Rope and Matsu! Yeah!